At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs makes his triumphant return from a two-week vacation. No doubt refreshed and ready to go for all these great questions we're going to get from Steelers Nation, right? Or, or, (laughs) my wife choked and didn't hit the Powerball. So you had to come back. Two ways to look at (laughs) Unless you're going to adopt me. Well, I have some good news for you. We still continue our streak of starting these episodes with a quarterback-related question. The hiatus. Did you have any doubt? I did not. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, you know, a little two-week hiatus. Maybe people started to slip out there. But no, Dennis Wisniewski from Cincinnati, Ohio, has us covered because he wants to know, what's the ideal scenario for the Steelers moving forward at quarterback? Start Mitch Trubisky and hope he lives up to being a second overall pick in the twenty. 17 NFL draft and rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett never sees the field or get Pickett on the field right away and start the next Steelers quarterback dynasty. I'm excited about both options. <laughs> um, I'm going to quote Alan Fanica, who after Tommy Maddox was injured in the opener in 2004, um, he was asked the following day on Monday, um, are you excited to see what the rookie quarterback can do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Fanica was like, no, I'm not excited. <laughs> you know, he's just a kid. He was in the college last year going to class. You know, this is professional sports and on and on and on. And, you know, while um, some at the time perceived Fanica to be ripping on Ben Roethlisberger, uh, what Fanica was actually doing was giving people a realistic uh, view of the fact that the NFL is a business, and these got veteran men, um, you know, are in this, uh, you know, as their livelihood, and a lot of times their livelihood depends on the p- people around them, and you know, a rookie quarterback is not necessarily a high um, or easy uh, job to. Uh, assume right so um but anyway let me get to the question um dennis the best plan is to have no plan why would you have a plan now i mean 
the, the plan is you hold the competition, you let it unfold over training camp, and at least a couple of the three preseason games, and then you pick the best guy. You pick the best guy, he starts. He starts and holds on to the job as long as his performance is up to the level of a quality NFL starting quarterback and the team is winning. You know, I'm not suggesting the guy who wins the initial competition, you know, has to perform, is going to have to perform on a short leash. But if and when the time comes when it's determined that quarterback play is holding the team back, then a change should be made. And in my opinion, if that happens, if the Steelers get to that point, uh, then the change should be to elevate the number two guy who finished the, the guy who finished number two in the competition into the starters role. If that's Pickett, fine, just as it was Ben in two thousand and four. If it's not Pickett, you don't put Pickett in because he was a draft pick. I mean, you're trying to win games. Um, you're trying to treat each season, you know, with the respect that it deserves because. You know, there's, there's, there, there may be, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head right away, but there are probably veterans in that Steelers locker room that this might be their last season. Mm. So you don't want to disrespect them by saying, well, you know, we're one and three. Let's just see what Pickett can do because that's not the way a coach engenders respect from the veterans in his locker room. You play to win every week of every regular season. Maybe a current member of the Steelers offensive line should come out and tell, say how unexcited they are for the rookie quarterback <laughs> this year. Like, Chooks comes out and says that. I mean, it worked out well last time. Might as well try it again this time around. I think it had, they worked out having less to do with what Fanica said than who Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> actually was. You're probably right. Sean Franklin from Urbandale, Iowa. What is the one NFL rule you would propose be changed? This is easy. No more use of instant replay as an officiating tool. Done, gone, over. Across the board. That's like it. you're not even having like a only 30 seconds, and if you can't overturn it, it's no it stands. Nothing. No. No. It has made the officials uh tentative. Yes, um, agreed. It's it's no, that's it. And if the officiating is bad, you get better officials. That's because if you know the the uh, if you look at the league. If, you know, when quarterback play is bad, they don't figure out a way to lessen the importance of quarterback They don't play. give them mulligans just get, on interceptions or something like that. Right. You just get new, uh, you get new, better quarterbacks. Get new, better officials if that's what you, it's determined is needed. The games will go much faster, too, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Chris Wellburn from Glastonbury, Connecticut. Are there any unwritten rules from either management's perspective or from a player's perspective of engagement when it comes to who gets the most attention first for contract extensions, especially when it appears there are multiple players of different levels as potential targets? Or is this an area where each team sets its own unique path? Okay, there's one rule uh, regarding uh, teams signing players to contract extensions, and that has to do with rookies. The rule is a team cannot negotiate an extension with a player who's playing on his rookie contract until the conclusion of the third year of that contract. So if the guy's the number one pick, it would be after the third year of what could end up being a five-year deal if the team decides to exercise the fifth-year option. If it's a, a rookie picked on any of the other rounds beside the first round, it would be after three years of the four-year deal. Um, outside of that, teams... 
make their own decisions on when, how much, whatever, which players receive contract extensions. Jared O'Neill from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. If a player's fifth-year option on his rookie contract is picked up, does it then become guaranteed? Yes. Yes. As soon as the team exercises the option to pick up the fifth year, that money is guaranteed. Counts on the cap immediately, too. Kurt Carmel from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm getting excited for the season and looking forward to seeing how the team prepares for 2022. Is there any particular buzz in the building that you would describe as exciting from a player or coach perspective? In other words, what are they most excited about? <laughs> um, I, I, look, I can, Kurt, I can tell you this. Um, having been around this for as long as I have, the one thing you have to be uh, careful about is either getting excited or depressed or hopeful or whatever about what you see during the off-season program because a lot of times that turns out to be a mirage or someone comes out of nowhere that you didn't expect and, you know, ends up being a good player. Uh, I remember one of the most impressive guys I ever remember seeing lately during the off-season program was Dree Archer. Okay, he was fast, he was quick, you know, he's running around, um, but nobody was hitting him. Right. Once that started, everything changed. So, you know, that can be the same thing going the other way with a defensive back. You know, you see uh, receivers catching passes all over him, etc. But, hey, then once the pads go on and those receivers, he can start hitting them. <laughs> that changes everything. So um, th this, again, this is a, an NFL uh, situation. The coaches are all veterans. Um, they may have, you know, their eye out for someone or like what they have seen um, from someone or some group or whatever during the offseason program. But I can guarantee you that when they go to camp, uh, the pads go on. It pretty much starts all over from there. Everybody pretty much at this level looks good in gym shorts and T-shirts is basically what you're, what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and um, it's, it's easy if you're a receiver to look good when you know you're not going to get a hit. When you don't get jammed at the line. <laughs> it's fair. Right, any of that stuff. So, uh, you know, running backs, uh, even, you know, offensive linemen, uh, maybe even defensive linemen when they know, well, hey, you know, the script is, you know, we're in uh, uh, pass. Uh, the period is pass now. And so the other team isn't going to run. So, hey, tee it up and rush every down. You know, you don't have to worry about a trap play where a guard's pulling down the line of scrimmage and ear holes you. So, yeah, things change considerably once the uh, threat of the physical violence is introduced. Before we move on to our next question, just wanted to remind you guys that if you would like to read the written version of Asked and Answered that Labs does weekly, you can find that Tuesdays and Thursdays in the offseason. Just go to Steelers.com and during the season, get an extra bonus one on game days on Sundays from Labs as well. Going down under for our next question, Pete Rhodes from Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. I know there have been games where Chris Boswell was the highest scoring player on the team. But have there been times when the kicker is the highest individual scorer in a Steelers season? Um, yes. 
a lot of times. And I'm not going to get into, you know, the Steelers are going into their 90th NFL season in 2022. So whenever fans submit questions about, you know, asking about the entirety of franchise history, uh, they need to understand that that's a lot of history. And, you know, it, back in the 30s, even the 40s, and, and in a lot of cases into the 50s, you know, the stats keeping, the record keeping throughout the NFL was not what it is today. So um, I'm going to limit the answer to this question, you know, starting with when Chuck Knoll was hired in 1969. Um, so, again, it's since 1969 through the 2021 season, it's far more the rule than the exception that the place kicker has led the team in scoring uh, of, of the course of a season. Let's start with 69, Gene Mingo, leading scorer. Roy Girella was the highest scorer in each season from 71 to 75, then also in 78. Matt Barr was the, leading, the team's leading scorer from 79 and 80. David Trout in 81. Gary Anderson then followed, 82 then through 94. Then Norm Johnson, 95 through 98. As you can see, they follow one another, one guy yep. after another. Chris Brown from 99 to 2001. Jeff Reed from 03 to 09. Sean Sweezum from 2011 to 2014. Chris Boswell from 2015 to 2017. Took a year off from being the leading scorer in 2018. Scorer in 2018. That was nice of him. And then also... <laughs> Give it another guy also, a chance. From 2019 to 2020, and, and then also was Boswell again from 2019 to 2021. So as you can see, even with a team that won six Super Bowls from 1969, uh, most of those seasons, the scoring leader was the kicker. And that's usually the rule and not the exception around the league as well, not just with the Steelers. It, it usually shakes out that your place kicker is going to be your, your leading scorer on your roster. Yeah, just a lot more opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, every time you score, you get at least another point to tack on. Yeah. Brandon Johnson from Fairmount, West Virginia. In a previous Asked and Answered, you brought up quarterback Jim Miller. It's amazing to me that Coach Bill Cowler named him the starter for the 1996 season and then gave him less than one game to prove himself. I guess in hindsight, Cowler made the right decision, although Miller did have a decent 2001 season with the Bears. I know this happened nearly 30 years ago now, but doesn't it seem odd that Cowher had no patience with Miller given the fact he was patient with other less-than-stellar quarterbacks like Cordell Stewart and Mike Tomzak? Um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was not only um, odd but also somewhat disappointing because um, what happened, you know, Mike Tomzak, you know, was a veteran and he was, he was who he was. He was just a guy when he came into the league. He was just a guy throughout his career. And what ended up happening in 1996, um, when Cower pulled Miller after the first, I believe, the first series of the second half of the opener and put Tomzak in, um, Tomzak was maybe really, he was good, good to very good for maybe the first six weeks of the regular season. I remember he peaked in 1996 during a Monday night game in Kansas City, he threw for over 300 yards. He had a bunch of deep passes down the field. I mean, he was playing way above the level that he had to that point in his NFL career. Now, 
you know, when a guy is a like a 10-year veteran and he plays at a certain level, um, you know, usually what happens if he is playing at a much higher level to start another season, he's probably going to end up at the level that he has been for the previous 10 years. So if he's way above the level early, then to get back to that his normal level, he's going to have to play a lot below that level <laughs> right. later. And that's what happened with Tom Zach. I mean, he gradually, um, his performance deteriorated. And so, um, you know, what the move was made in the opener against Jacksonville as a right now thing, because, you know, 96, the Steelers were the defending AFC champions. They had a veteran team. They had Woodson back from missing most of the 95 season. They thought that, you know, they could make another run uh, at a championship. And so um, Cower made the move. But what ended up happening was by the, t- the end of the season, uh, Miller may have improved enough to have been better than what Tom Zach was at the end of the season as his performance continued to decline. So the Steelers got into the playoffs. Uh, they won the division in 96, get into the playoffs, pounded the Indianapolis Colts in the wild card round uh, because the Colts had no interest in tackling Jerome Pettis <laughs> um, and couldn't. And so then you go to the divisional game uh, the next week in New England against the Patriots. Uh, Tom Zach throws for no touchdowns, four interceptions, with Ooh. a rating of 40.9 in that game, and the Steelers lose. So uh, next year was Cordell Stewart. And Jim Miller was never heard from again in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. No, he was not. <laughs> Joe Manecci from Savannah, Georgia. Given Zach Gentry's large frame, have the Steelers considered moving him to offensive tackle? I'm thinking about Larry Brown, who made a similar move and was a Pro Bowl tackle. Well, you know, just because it worked once doesn't mean it's, you know, a should be a plan in all situations. And let me explain the situation with Larry Brown's move from tight end to offensive tackle was made after a knee injury that Brown sustained. Ah. And uh, Chuck Noll, after having gotten a look at him uh, early the next year, saw or determined that Brown had lost some of the quickness uh, and speed that is necessary to play tight end. And so he approached him about moving to offensive tackle. Um, And it worked out great. You know, as um, Joe explains, Larry Brown became, you know, a pro bowl uh, right tackle who played a long time for the Steelers at that position and was very good at it. Um, Zach Gentry is not in that situation. His, his career as a tight end is not on the decline. In fact, yes. he had his best NFL season as an NFL tight end last year. So, um, yeah, Zach Gentry is not uh, Travis Kelsey in the way he plays, but he has a big physical presence who gives the Steelers what they need at the end of the line of scrimmage uh, as, a, as a blocker. And so uh, he is valuable in his role. I still think he's a player on the rise. I'm leaving him alone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what he can bring as that number two tight end this year, especially with the Steelers most likely going into more run-heavy sets. He'll be definitely useful as the sixth man on that line for sure. Yeah, he may end up being the starter. You know, I mean, depends on what they're doing. Right, he's going to be valuable and all that other stuff. But you know, who starts the game 
doesn't really mean as much at some positions as others. And one of the positions where it doesn't mean as much is tight end. Our final question today comes from Jimmy J. Kawamura from Tokyo, Japan. If you look at recent practice photos, the Steelers quarterbacks are wearing the same white jerseys as the rest of the offense. What we often see in here is that quarterbacks are special players, so we put them in colors that are neither offense nor defense, often red jerseys, to make sure they can avoid the risks of being tackled or hit. Is there any special reason why the Steelers don't put red jerseys on their quarterbacks? Um, um, I don't think that it's a special reason. I just think that uh, Mike Tomlin assumes that. And uh, the quarterback is not to be hit. Uh, that's explained that the quarterback is not to be hit. And if you can't remember that when you're out on the field during practice, <laughs> um, you're not going to be around very long. And I don't think that any more incentive needs to be applied than that. Um, and I'm sure that uh, it's, it's reiterated in maybe a meeting or two uh, during the process. And, uh, you know, if, you, <laughs> if you're a defensive player and you uh, lay out, as an example, let's use the, the current example, Mitch Trubisky, um, you'll get warned once. Uh, if you do it again, uh, you better be a budding defensive player of the year candidate or uh, you're going to find out what it's like uh, going down Route 30 the other way. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the, you know, they give players the Wonderlick test at, um, at the Combine as a way of uh, measuring basic intelligence. Well, let's consider this the uh, most basic intelligence test there is. Don't hit the quarterback. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of Asked and Answered. No episode next week again. Labs taking another break. Well-traveled man whoa, you are, Labs. Whoa, uh, you, you see what whoa, I did there? We, I threw you under the bus. You're the one taking the yeah. break. <laughs> You're not. You no, we both are. Working. We're both taking a little vacation next week, so we will not be well, back. You're taking the... You're taking a vacation, and I don't have a partner to do this with. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll go with that one, then. That'll be the, the explanation we give. So we'll be back again in two Wednesdays from now, July 20th. Maybe, you know, listen to half this episode this week, half this episode next week to get you guys through it until we come or back. listen to it twice. Yeah, go back and listen to it twice. It's just as good the second time is what I hear. <laughs> He's Bob Labriola. I'm Tom Opferman. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen here on Asked and Answered. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.